Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on time management. Last time, we talked about how time management is a fallacy, how the time management mindset leads us to try and work faster, which leads to more errors, try and work more, which leads to more fatigue, or try and do work on top of work, which leads to also more errors, but also generally less productivity than we actually think it is. We talked about what people would do on their deathbeds, or when asked what they would change in their life on their deathbed, what they would do. We talked about five things that they, they would do less and five things they would do more. I'm not going to go over all 10 of those things because you can go back in the previous episode and review them. But basically what it came down to was living a life that they want to live and not a life that others wanted them to live. So what we have instead of a time management issue is a priority management issue. What we're doing is we're prioritizing either small piddly things that don't matter as much as we think that they matter or other people's things that also may not matter as much as we think they matter, but we're letting them matter because other people are telling us that they matter. I just said matter much, a bunch, so hopefully we can make, bring some clarity to that situation today. So before we jump into how we can start to hopefully build a more fulfilling and overall well-rounded life so that at the end of our lives on our deathbeds, we don't look back and go, I wish I would have spent spent less time worrying about what other people think. I wish I would have spent less time worrying about other people's expectations. I wish I would have spent less time worrying in general. I wish I would have taken more risk. I wish I would have quit that job. And we can spend more time going, I did take more risks and hear what happened. I did quit that job and hear what happened. Uh, I did spend more time with people I love and here's what happened. I did find purpose in what I was doing and here's what happened. And hopefully... When that time comes, which is hopefully a long way away for all of us, but when that time comes, we can go, yes, I did it. And I think that that's kind of the point in this whole thing is to go, yes, I not achieved what I was after because, you know, you know, I, I, how do you know? Life's going to continue to go on once we're gone. But you can go to the end of your life and you can go, I did, I did the best that I could. I did the best that I could. Yes, of course, we're all going to have things that we wish we would have done different. There's no doubt about that, 100%. But if you have less of the things that you would have done different and more of the things that you go, man, I'm happy that I did that, then, I, then we can maybe go, hey, I did this. I did it, and I think I did it pretty well. So before we actually get to that point, let's talk about economics and finance. Because I think that there are a couple of ideas in economics and finance that can help us understand prioritization. Um, the first idea that I want to talk about is trade-offs. So everything that we do in life, literally everything that we do is about trade-offs. A trade-off is any situation where making one decision means losing something else in the form of a benefit or potential opportunity. So literally right this second, while I'm sitting here talking to this microphone and looking at you in the camera, I could potentially be doing millions and millions of other things. There are infinite 
possibilities that I could be doing. I could be taking a drink of this water, which actually sounds kind of good, but I'm going to wait for that. I could be grabbing this pen. I could be grabbing this and balling this paper up or making a paper plane out of it and tossing it to Jana. There are tons of different things. That's just in my general vicinity. So the trade-off of me talking to this mic and looking at you in the camera is that I'm not doing all of those other things. So, of course, that's a very wide way for me to say that. So let me narrow it down and give you a couple other more specific examples. Uh, money, a lot of people make very specific decisions about money, um, some of which are based on what society thinks we should be spending money on. So one of the examples that I give to people a lot when they tell me that they can't afford what we do here. So at Thriveology, our average membership is between $200 and $250. Some people pay close to $400 a month. Some people pay maybe $150 to $200 a month, but on average, it's around $250 a month, which is different than $10 a month at Globo Gym down the street. So when thinking about fitness, they go, man, 250 bucks a month. I can't afford a gym membership like that. My next question usually is, do you have a car payment? Most of the time, the answer is yes. The next question after that is, how much is your car payment? Most of the time, I think the average car payment now is like between $350 and $400 a month on average. So society tells us that it's okay to spend $350 to $400 a month on a vehicle that you're going to replace in five years on average that is replaceable and repairable and not okay to spend $350 to $400 a month on your body, which is not replaceable, although you can replace some pieces and parts, but generally speaking, like you are you, and at the end of the day, once you're gone, you're gone, but to spend $350 to $400 a month on your health is a more obscure idea. But spending $350 to $400 a month on a car makes us feel good because then society tells us, oh, you're cool because you have a nice car. But society doesn't see us in the gym working hard, so spending that same amount of money on ourselves in the gym isn't as cool because society doesn't tell us so. That is a trade-off. We're trading $350 a month in a car payment to make us feel cool, so society tells us that we're cool, for the loss of spending it on ourselves so that we can live a healthier, longer life. That's a trade-off. I think we understand that and can make that connection more because we look at money and we think of it as a finite resource, which it is. It is, technically speaking, a finite resource. I only have so much money. You only have so much money. Sally only has so much money. You can make more money, of course, but nonetheless, like it's finite resource. What we don't view as much as a finite resource is time. Time. Time is also a finite resource, and yet we will very easily spend lots of time doing things that make no sense, that literally bring us no level of happiness, fulfillment, uh, positivity, doesn't move us forward in any way, but we will gladly spend more time doing those kinds of things and things other people expect us or want us to do. Um, here's a 
spin on that or here's a trade-off about time and how spending time in one instance means not spending time in another instance. So another normal situation is someone missing a workout because they got done with work and they were tired, so they just went home. So in that instance, skipping the workout, choosing to spend that time at home, quote, resting and relaxing because of a long day at work, instead of at the gym, working on your health and fitness, spending that time means that you did, you went home and you did that instead of came to the gym, did that. So the trade-off in time was a trade-off of Instead of going to the gym, I went home and I laid around on the couch. That's the trade-off. Okay, so I think we get the idea of the trade-off. But how do we justify the trade-off? Like, how do we justify in our minds um, the spending $350 on a car payment and going home and relaxing after a long day's work instead of going to work out? How do we justify that? Uh, one of the ways, which is another financial idea, is called expected value. So expected value is the long run average of a random variable. Another hopefully more specific way to say that is the anticipated value of a random variable in the future. So basically what expected value is, is your expectation of how you're going to feel doing a thing in the future. So when you spend $350 on a car payment, your expectation of how you're going to feel about it is high because you're going to feel good because you have a car, a brand new car, and it's nice and it smells good. And all the people around you are going to go, man, that's a nice car. You're, you have a good looking car. Good, good on you and pat you on the back. So the expected value is high because you assume it's going to bring you all this happiness and fulfillment.
another, going back to the skipping the workout example, whenever you get off work and you feel like you have a long day and you're tired and exhausted, your expected value of going home and relaxing is higher than the expected value of going to the gym and doing more physical work. Because at the moment, you feel like you're tired. You feel like, I just need to rest and relax. And going home and laying on the couch is going to be much more enjoyable. It's going to have a higher value than going to the gym and doing more work, which is, in theory, going to make me more tired. Okay? So in those moments where we're choosing things, anything, no matter what it is, choosing a trade-off, we're thinking about, and maybe you're not, probably you're not thinking about what's the expected value of this, but you're making this unconscious decision based on an expected value. You're basing it on, I think I'm going to be happier doing this once I'm, having, once I'm doing it, then I think I'm going to be happier doing this thing over here. I think A is going to make me happier than B, so I'm going to go do A. Okay, so I think we understand that. But what are we missing? So what's the important part of this? What's the disconnect that is keeping us from building our priorities and prioritizing the things that we know we need to do? Taking care of ourselves more, taking more risks, doing a job that makes us feel fulfilled, spending more time with our loved ones. What we're not looking at is the opportunity cost. Yet another term, but I think it's worth paying attention to. So, so far, we've talked about trade-offs. How uh, a trade-off is any situation where making one choice means losing something else in the form of a benefit or an opportunity if we made another choice. Okay. Uh, expected value is the anticipated value of a random variable in the future. So, if I do this thing, I think it's going to make, make me happier than doing that thing. Opportunity cost, then, is the difference in value of what you could be doing versus what you currently are doing. So it's the actual difference in value versus what you could be doing versus what you are doing. Um, so here's the example. Going back to our skipping the workout example. Stick with me. I know this, this is a lot going on right now. We've got a lot of plates in the air, but they're all going to come together here in a second. Okay, the opportunity cost of going home and laying around at home versus going to the gym and working out at the gym. What we're focused on is the expected value. In the moment, I think I'm going to feel better if I go home and I relax versus going to the gym and working harder. The opportunity cost that is missing when you go home and relax versus when you go to the gym and work harder is infinite if you ask me, but here's just a few things off the top of my head. If I go to the gym and work harder, or what I'm skipping when I'm, instead of going to the gym and working harder, is I'm skipping an opportunity to become the kind of person that works on my health and fitness. I'm skipping the opportunity to improve my cardiovascular ability. I'm skipping the opportunity to improve my muscular ability. I'm skipping the opportunity to get stronger. I'm skipping the opportunity to uh, have a more positive mental outlook. I'm skipping the opportunity to have better endor have more endorphins in my life. I'm skipping the opportunity to have dopamine and serotonin in my life. That's seven things. And there are many, many other things on top of that, that you're missing. So what we're overlooking, this is important. Whenever we're making these kinds of decisions is 
the all of the things that we're we're going to miss by skipping the thing by doing the easier thing versus the harder thing in most cases okay opportunity cost is something that we do not look at enough in our lives what are like whenever you feel that urge to just like just do something just skip i'm just i'm just this one time i'm going to have this burgers and fries just this one time i'm going to do it the opportunity cost that's there to go nope i felt the urge but i'm going to overcome it and i'm going to get this daggone chicken salad again anyway because I told myself that this is the person that I wanted to become, and here's here's an opportunity for me to make that choice. Because otherwise, the cost is you are the kind of person who goes back on your word. And thinking about that is very important if you want to become the kind of person who does make better choices in your health and fitness and in your life fulfillment overall. All right. So that was a lot to talk about. Trade-offs, expected value, and opportunity costs. So basically we use those three things in our lives regularly without even knowing it. Most of us focus on expected value over opportunity costs because we're looking, we assume, we make a strong assumption that these are the things that are going to have a higher value than these things over here. Why? Because they're more usually more immediate or because society tells us so. And society can be society as a whole, or it can be your immediate family. When you make your immediate family happy, quote, that's, you, you see that value and you think that that makes them happy, but if you're not happy in the process, it becomes much harder to want to do that. When you choose the car over your own fitness, feels nice in the process, feels nice while you're doing it, but all of the costs that you're paying on this other end, that you're that you are overlooking is costing you so much in long-term health. And that's what's missing, that we make many of our decisions based on today. How I feel today, not what I'm trying to achieve in the long-term. So how can we start to make then better decisions? This isn't about decision-making, so let me change that because we've done decision-making, we've done overcoming obstacles. You can go back and see those series. How do we start to manage our time better so that we're prioritizing the things we say we want to prioritize? Because, man, that is really where a lot of people struggle in their health, is prioritization. It's not a schedule thing. It's not a time thing. It's just not. It is prioritization. And currently, there are a lot of prioritizes. No, wait. There are a lot of things you are prioritizing over health and fitness. And here's how you figure out what that is. So here's a five-step process that you can do to figure out what your priorities are. Hopefully, sift out. Kazoo type. <laughs> Sorry. I was given... Trevis, one of our coaches, some grief beforehand. She was worried about being loud, and then she goes and sneezes and makes a loud noise. I don't know if you heard it or not, but we're going to give her some grief anyway. Okay, um, so five steps to better prioritization. Five steps to hopefully figuring out the things that you want to prioritize in your life. 
sifting out some of the things that you don't have to prioritize, which you think you, that you do, and then plugging in the things that we said we wanted to prioritize in the first place. Okay, number one, first thing, what are your priorities? What are your priorities? Underline, underline, exclamation part, your priorities. Now, understand that this doesn't and should not be necessarily a selfish thing, meaning I just want to go out and live my own life and do whatever I want to do. That's, that's not what this is about. And yet, some of the things that might be your priorities might feel selfish. So exercise is a big one because a lot of parents that I've talked to say, I feel like exercise is a selfish thing. I'm spending time on myself and I'm not spending time working with or being with my family. What they're overlooking is the potential gap that's missing in their ability to be a better parent because they feel good about themselves. So the more you can make that connection between the, yeah, family should, family should be important. Your community should be important. The more you can make the connection to whatever it is that you're going to do and how it's going to help impact, help you then impact the people around you, the more likely you're going to be to prioritize it. Exercise is not selfish in the least. The better you feel, it's simple. The better you feel, the more energy you have, the more mobile you are, the more you can be, live a healthy, vital life, the better you're going to be able to impact those around you. The more impact you're going to have and probably the happier you're going to be. So when thinking about the things that you want to prioritize, please understand that this isn't a selfish thing and that those kinds of things aren't selfish. Spending more time in nature. I want to, I want to get outside and do more hiking. That's not selfish. It's not selfish in the least. Number one, you can hike with other people. Uh, number two, being outside in nature has been proven to lower stress levels, lower depression levels, and increase happiness and fulfillment. So when you do that, then it then uh, overflows into other parts of your life. So when coming up with your list of priorities and understand, understand that this should not be a list of 10 things, because if you have 10 things, you're not prioritizing anything. Um, but a list of meh, maybe three things, three to five things um, that you're prioritizing now. Now understand your priorities, my, priorities might change. I don't know what that word was. Priorities might change in three months or in a year or so on, which is why it makes sense to do this kind of, uh, to do this routine regularly to go through and go, okay, what are my priorities now? But what are your priorities now? Three to five of them. Um, so that you can know what you want to spend your time on. Okay. Now, currently, where are you currently spending your time? This is step number two. In order to do this, you need to do what's called a time audit. It's very simple for the next week. Two weeks would be great, but at least one week every day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, write down exactly what you do and how much time you spend doing it. You can write it down as a time block from 8 o'clock to 8.07. I brushed my teeth from 8.07 to blah, blah, blah. I did this. Or you can write it down this just as a, an amount of time. I drove, drove to work. It took 30 minutes. I 
whatever, got out of my car and walked to my office. That took five minutes. I sat down and started to get to work. That took whatever, 10 minutes. Be as specific as you can so that you can start to understand what you're spending your time on. Because a lot of people just don't know. They say, I don't have any time. But if you don't know what in the world you're spending your time on, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you have any time? Trust me when I tell you, when we get a little further down this list, that there's plenty of things there that you'll be able to delete that you can go, man, I was spent a lot of time on that and I didn't, did not realize it. So at least seven days, if not 14 days uh, on uh, a time audit, a time audit every day, write down exactly what you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed so that you can see what is going on. The reason that you need multiple days and preferably multiple weeks is that if you just do one day, one day is just one day. It could be busier than usual. It could be less busy. So you need to have an average and you need to be able to look at a couple weeks and go, here's what I really spend most of my time on because you may just have one day that's a fluke. So we don't want to have base our decisions on a fluke. We want to base our decisions on what actually happens. Okay. So once we have our priorities, once we know what we're spending our time on, we need to take that time audit and we need to run it through the matrix. So I've talked about this in the past as well. Uh, the matrix is the Eisenhower matrix. Dwight D. Eisenhower be, uh, basically developed this for himself when he became president. He wanted to know where to put his own time because he realized that a lot of people were going to be asking for his time and he needed to be able to make sure he was prioritizing the things that were important and ruthlessly eliminating everything else. So here's the Eisenhower matrix. If you can visualize this, a matrix, the matrix as a, as quadrants at the top of the quadrant, you have important and not important. And on the side of the quadrant, you have urgent and not urgent. So important and urgent tasks. Sorry, I'm kind of putting this matrix together in my head. So forgive me if it takes me a second to do so. Uh, important and urgent tasks are things that need to be done quickly and need to be done now. These are like five minute tasks that someone comes to you and says, Hey, I need you to do this real quick so that we can move this project forward. Or it's even a text is a minute. It takes you 30 seconds to do. You pull the text up and you immediately answer somebody back. It's something that is very quick, very simple, and you need to just go ahead and do it and get it off your plate. Because if you don't, it's very likely that you'll forget it, which is something that I do often with text messages. I'll pull a text up and I'll go, oh, I'll get back to that later. And then I put the phone down and then I forget. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably happened to you as well. Those things, just do them, just get them done. Because what you don't want to do is to have those kinds of tasks pile up and they're still kind of in the back of your head or you just forget about them altogether and suddenly there's all these things that you forgot to do. So that's urgent and important tasks. Those are the kinds of things that you just need to go ahead and knock them out, get them done. If they take five minutes or less, go ahead and do them, do them now. Okay, next we have not important and urgent tasks. Not important and urgent tasks. So if it's not important and urgent, then we can delegate it. Sorry. <laughs> we can delegate it. I have to think out loud for a second or think in my head for a second. Um, so when we're delegating, 
tasks. We are delegating tasks that it may, it's it, what, it, what I mean by not important is it's not necessarily important for you to do. Not important for you to do, but it should be done. So cutting grass, taking care of the lawn is one of those things. A lot of people feel like I need to have this nice grass and I need to cut it and I need to make sure I do the mulch and blah, 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 blah. Sure, fine. You want to feel like you, you need to keep up with your lawn? That's fine. I'm not saying that it, you need to let it go and be a juggle by any stretch, but maybe it's not as important as you think it is. Nonetheless, it's not potentially not important to you, um, but it could potentially be urgent. So we just delegate it to somebody else. So I haven't probably cut my grass in, well, we've owned the house, I think, for seven years, and I don't think I've cut it for six it's just something that I'm not like, I know it needs to be done, but I'm not going to do it because I don't feel the need to do it because I don't think I'm the best person to do it. And I don't want to spend a lot of my time doing it. So it's those kinds of things that you could potentially delegate to somebody else that they, they're going to do it. Number one, probably with more passion, they're going to care about it more and they want to actually potentially spend their time on it because it's either their job or something that they care about or something they're passionate about. So those are the not important and urgent tasks. So then we go to urgent and, I'm sorry, then we go to um, important and not urgent tasks, important and not urgent tasks. So these are things that you need to decide when to do them, decide when to do them. Perfect example of this for every human being on earth is exercise. Exercise is important, but it is not urgent because you don't necessarily feel like you have to do it now. You don't feel like it's going to affect you now, but it's going to affect you in the future if you don't do it today. And that's why we know that it's important, but since it's not urgent, we don't feel the urge to go and do it today. That's why we always say, I'll get to it tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. So another example of that could potentially be quitting the job that you currently are in, that you don't like, and going and finding a different job that you're actually passionate and purposeful about, or starting the, biz the business that you want to start, that you are passionate about. Those are very important things to you, but they're not urgent because you currently have a job that you're totally fine with and it's okay. I don't like it most of the time, but I can deal with it and it's paying the bills. And since it's paying the bills, it's not urgent, but it is important for you to do something that you're purposeful, that you want to be purposeful about and that you feel fulfilled doing. So that's another thing that you need to decide when to do it, which leads us to so these last two quadrants, I believe, are the most important quadrants of all. We are important and not urgent tasks. Those are the things that you need to decide to do. Those, those are the ones that easily get overlooked. Exercise, starting a project that you've said for five years you're going to start, quitting a job that you said you're going to quit to find a job that you feel purposeful about, starting a business. Those are those kinds of tasks that need to be, you need to decide when you're going to do them. And then when you get to that decision point, you need to do it. Um, which leads us to the last quadrant, which is also very important, but for the opposite reason, which are not important and not urgent tasks, not important and not urgent. 
If they're not important and they're not urgent, then they have no reason to be in your life, which is why you should delete them or at least reduce them to a degree. These are things like television, social media. I would also say reading most magazines, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I don't know. I mean, those are kind of the big ones that I think of. Uh, social media is not important and not urgent. There's, it brings little to no value to most people's lives. As a matter of fact, studies show that the longer that people spend, well, there's a sweet spot, I will fully admit. Uh, there was a study that showed that people who spend like, I want to say around 45 minutes to an hour, and uh, that wasn't that much. It was maybe 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day on social media. Uh, they were maybe on average happier. I can't remember exactly, but they weren't more, they weren't sad and depressed. They were, I think, a little happier than average. But once you get past about that mark, the basically the more time you spend on social, social media, the less happy you become. So if that's the case, then why do it? Why do something that is probably making you less happy because all you're doing is comparing yourself to a fake world that's out there anyway, instead of living your own life and doing what you want to do. This goes back to an idea that Tony Robbins said, most people, uh, most people uh, major in minor things, meaning most people are more concerned about what's going on with the, with the most popular actor or the political person or whatever, and they can tell you more about their lives than they can tell you about their own life because they're spending so much time being concerned about staying on top of things than they are about getting to the bottom of things. So if you're spending, the average person spends, it's like three hours a day on their phone, three to five hours a day on their phone. What's on your phone? Social media. So you're probably spending a lot of your time on YouTube, Facebook. This is, sorry, not you. Most people, a lot of people are spending a lot of their time on YouTube, Facebook, whatever, TikTok, Instagram, whatever the most popular thing is now today, that like, there's your time. You're concerned about not having time. TV, screen time, that's five hours of a lot of people's days. And if that's the case, then you got a lot of time there. That is a lot of time that could be spent more with people you love, taking care of yourself, taking more risks, finding a job that you love and enjoy, all of these other things. Okay? All right. That was a big one. Like I said, that's running it through the matrix, looking at your time audit, where are you currently spending your time, looking at the Eisenhower matrix, where do these things fit in there? And then you need to run the matrix and run all those tasks through the matrix. Delete the things that you want to delete, that need to be deleted, decide the important things that you want to do, go ahead and do the things that are quick and easy, and then delegate the things that you don't need to do that somebody else could do for you. All right, which then leads us to Step number four, which is put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. So now that you have your priority prioritize, now that you've ran things through the Eisenhower matrix, ran all your tasks through there, you've deleted a bunch of stuff, hopefully opened up a bunch of time that you felt like you didn't have, which you really did have. Now you can create a calendar for yourself that says and puts in the priorities, prioritize priorities first. So things like time with family, put that on your calendar first. Things like exercise, put that on your calendar first. Things like 
going out and being in nature, put that on your calendar first and then work everything else around it. Work needs to go on the calendar first. Hopefully, if you're not happy with work, finding a new job, that needs to go on the calendar and you need to get that done. So when you start putting things on your calendar and you put your priority, priorities on there first, then you are prioritizing the things that you say you're going to prioritize and becoming the kind of person who puts your prioritize, priorities first and not society's prior, priorities ahead of yours, okay? Um, the last thing that you need to do after you lay your calendar out, your calendar should be filled with your priorities. Last thing you need to do is ruthlessly ignore everything else. Ruthlessly ignore everything else. That sounds, I don't, it sounds, I guess, mean, um, sounds something like that, ruthless, but it's the truth. There's just so much out there for us to be distracted on. There's so much out there that so many things that society is telling us we need to pay attention to, that we need to buy, that we need to read, that we need to whatever. There's so many things out there that if they don't fit into your priority buckets, that it's just you spending any amount of time paying attention to it is just diverting you from your priorities. So ruthlessly reducing or eliminating the other things that aren't on your priorities list will not only help you to understand that you have the time and it is the prioritization that is missing, but it will also lead to a more, more, fulfilling, more fulfilling life. And I think that's the goal. <laughs> to get to the end of our life, to get to our deathbed and go, I did it. I did it. I didn't let society tell me what I need to do. I chose to do what I wanted to do. Unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. That's what we're trying to do here. So that's all I got. That's all I got. That was a lot. Uh, thank you for sticking with me through all of that. Let's go through a couple questions and then we'll wrap it up. Question number one. Hmm. What regular decision am I making that is keeping me from a priority that I've set for myself? Using the workout example, skipping a workout so that you can go home and relax after a hard day's work, that's one example. But what, pri what priorities am I... Um, I'm sorry, what decision am I making that is keeping me from the priorities that I've set for myself? Uh, number two, going back to the time audit, where am I spending time on things that are distracting and pulling me away from things that I care about? Where am I spending time on things that are distracting and pulling me away from things that I care about? And then finally, what are two things that I can start to ignore today that will make my life better tomorrow. Two things that I can start to ignore today that will make my life better tomorrow. And probably if you just start those things, then your time will open up significantly. At least your mind will open up significantly. So that's my hope. Nonetheless, that's what I have. Make sure that you hit subscribe because that really helps this podcast, really helps get out the message, 
share with your friends so that they can get the good news too. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.